And welcome back to another edition of the On the Board Sports Podcast. I am your host, Will Chirucci, a.k.a. Will C., coming to you from Long Island, New York, on Thursday, February the 23rd of 2023. And this should be a good episode, and let's get right into it because we got a lot to talk about uh, today. Uh, We'll strictly stay with the... NHL and the NFL talks right now, and the only two teams that I know of right now, the New York Islanders and the New York Jets. Let's start off here with the Jets first. We know what the Islanders have been doing as of late, but the New York Jets right now, they entertain Derek Carr at a, I guess, a little impromptu lunch. Derek Carr got released a couple weeks ago, Super Bowl over with, Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Eh, it is what it is there. Uh, you know, they're turning into the Patriots real quick, in which they're not getting very well liked. Uh, you can talk about Philadelphia all you want, but at the end of the day, the the uh, the story known as the Kansas City Chiefs, they keep on winning games, and they may feel like a feel-good story, but they're not. But I digress. It's I don't like talking about them. Uh, it is what it is there. I, I, I don't want to... I don't want to get more into detail about that, but the New York Jets, they entertain Derek Carr, and it looks as if right now that Aaron Rodgers, he's out of his uh, darkness retreat, so wherever he is mentally, whether or not he's going to retire, he's going to stay with the pack, or he's going to be somewhere else, uh, it's looking like the Jets are going to be in on those two, but also looks like they could be out of those two uh, in that situation. And for the Jet fan right now, I don't want to hear about the 2021 draft anymore. It's over. It's done with. It is what it is. I don't want to hear about Zach Wilson. I don't want to hear about, you know, oh, they should have taken Justin Fields. Justin Fields was not going to be the answer for this team anyway, regardless or not on how they are. Yeah, He is a very flashy player when it comes to running outside the pocket, but his questions are still, they still remain to be answered at this point. Is he, can he pass in the league? Can he do any of this stuff outside of running the football? We'll find out, but with the Bears owning the number one overall pick, it looks like they're going to ship him out. But as far as the 2021 draft class goes, people were so enamored with Zach Wilson and they traded away Darnold. I don't get why to this day with the cap, with the cap, the way how it is and with his head being the way how it is. And you look at the way how Daniel Jones was treated by the giants. It makes one really wonder just how, how crazy the fan base is because I know I'm speaking off, off topic here with this, but with the way how Darnold was treated, okay, you look at the way how Daniel Jones was treated, and Jones and Darnold were almost in the same boat. And Darnold actually got more more of a leash opposed to as Darnold did. And it's the fans. You can talk about the ownership. You can talk about Joe Douglas not drafting his quarterback. But at the end of the day, Joe Douglas did draft his quarterback, and, you know, he... Uh, it looks as if Zach Wilson might not be a Jet come next year. We'll see what happens with that. But Derek Carr right now took the dinner with 
the Jet Brass, Sala, Douglas and Company. And here's what I think of this. You know, the Jets, they basically said it. They really like Derek Carr a lot. They think that he can absolutely win them a Super Bowl. And he can go out there and become an all-pro quarterback again. Hence what he was with the Oakland slash Las Vegas Raiders. But ultimately, at the end of the day, okay, people are going to want Aaron Rodgers. I understand the talents there with him still. I get that he can still quote-unquote play. But with this guy going into a dark room for four days and... He's got the thumb injury, and he may he's contemplating retirement. I get the Brett Favre scenario, the comparisons in which, well, Aaron Rodgers is older. He's like Brett Favre, Brett Favre coming over to the Jets. What are they going to do? Is Zach Wilson going to turn into Chad Pennington with the Dolphins? You know, we'll see. But right now... The Jets need a veteran quarterback in here in the worst possible way. And they rush Zach Wilson just like they rushed Sam Darnold here. But I'm looking at everything right now from what I'm seeing. To me, the smart move would be to have Derek Carr on this Jets team for next year and for the next five years. Instead of having Aaron Rodgers here for one or two years, you don't have any first-round draft picks. Yeah, the Jets, they haven't really capitalized on their first-round draft picks except for last season. But do you make that move again? Do you go out there and seeing what you're seeing right now, would you want to give up two first-round draft picks in which this team needs a little bit of interior offensive line help with them probably going to cut cut down Carl Lawson due to cap casualties. Same thing with uh, Corey Davis. Do you want to give those two first-round draft picks up for a quarterback who may retire the year after or may bully his way out after a year? I love what Brett Favre did. Give me Derek Carr. You're not losing anything except for money. And that's it. You're not losing anything here. You're not. So the way how I look at it is you have Derek Carr here for next year and for the next three to four years. And with Vegas and Oakland, he never had a great defense. Last year with the Jets, I can only imagine if the Jets had a successful quarterback with this defense here. It would be absolutely unbelievable what we would be thinking right now. But the Jets, they are where they are right now with their quarterback situation. And like I said before, they still got to figure out what's going on with their offensive line. People are really reliant on the fact that Mekhi Becton's going to play left tackle. I don't think he is. I think he might go to the right side. He may get switched over. He may get released. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with him. The same can be said with the the emergence of Elijah Vera Tucker. Is he going to be a left tackle? Is he going to be a left guard? Is he going to be on the right side of the football? I don't know. I don't know what Nathaniel Hackett's going to plan on doing with this offensive line. Then you're hearing reports about how, well, the Titans, you know, Ben Jones, their center situation, their offensive line depth. Can Nathaniel Hackett and the 
the guy that they hired, I don't have the hiring of the name off the top of my head with regards to where the Titans are uh, at this point in time with their with the coach that they hired here, the Jets did. But from what I know, this guy has ties with with the Jets, with the uh, with the Titans and the offensive line. There, we've heard a lot about Ryan Tannehill coming over here too. If Ryan Tannehill was to become a New York Jet, you talk about season ticket holders dropping down. Like, I get that he was part of the Titans' success the past couple of years. But when you're thinking of an all-pro quarterback, I'm not thinking of Ryan Tannehill. And I'm not thinking of somebody that's going to lead this team to the glory land. A la what Derek Carr might do. A la what Aaron Rodgers might do, albeit it's for a year or two anyway. Um, I don't know. I don't know what, what to think. I know that season tickets would be uh, cut in half significantly uh, as far as people dropping their seats. If that was the case, if people brought in, if Woody and company brought in uh, Tannehill, and I think that would be a major stain on Joe Douglas's legacy here as general manager for this franchise. So, you know, I know what he's done as far as bringing in you know, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, all these guys through the draft. But, you know, what has he really done? He brought in DJ Reed, okay, for one year. But for the two years, you know, and Brees Hall as well with Jermaine Johnson. But the 2020 draft class, you know, he inherited that uh Actually, no, he didn't inherit that because he drafted Mackay Becton. Um, you know, you look at other pe- places, people here that are in place. 2021, not so hot either, but they got to figure it out. The Jets have to figure it out with, with this quarterback. This is all, say what you want about the quarterback, but it's all hinging on trying to get depth at the offensive line, people that can start, people that can stay healthy on that offensive line because if they don't get those pieces on that offensive line, it's not going to look good. Um, that's all I'm going to say on that. So uh, the Jets right now, they need help. They need help on that offensive line. They got to figure out what's going on with their wide receivers. Is Corey Davis going to get cut? Is Braxton Berrios going to get cut uh, due to cap casualty? Uh C.J. Mosley, another guy we find we find out today that uh, Bobby Wagner got cut. So we'll see what happens as this offseason moves along. But I don't know what's going to happen with those guys and the safety position. You know, yeah, you could you could throw in the fact that it's a low round draft pick, but the safeties were getting beat last year at the end of the year, and Detroit. C.J. Mosley got beat. The Patriot game in which he was offside, uh, he jumped offsides on a fourth and one. Can't happen. And that wound up turning the game, no doubt. You can talk about Zach Wilson, but that play right there on fourth and fourth down and inches to go or a yard to go, whatever, gives the Patriots a first down. Mosley's just as much of a culprit as far as going in there goes. 
But all the time we hear about quarterback, quarterback, quarterback with this team. And yeah, third down, all that stuff. The third down conversions doesn't help out either because the quarterback there uh, has to be good, but penalties have to be better. Uh, they got to make drives a little bit simpler and easier. That That's all I'm going to say on that. You know, I, I don't want to sound like I, I don't know anything, but at the same point in time, I've watched this team for years on out, and it's the same thing over and over again. They want to blame the quarterback, but they don't know whether it's the beat writers, the fans, some fans anyway, that keep on talking about the quarterback. You got to win these games in the trenches. That's something that the Jets haven't had in a long time. You know, you got Darnold here. He's getting lit up like a Christmas tree, right? You get Zach Wilson here. And Wilson looks nothing like he's ready to go. That's partially in the fact that this offensive line is terrible. Let's call spade a spade for what it is. You know, your quarterback success hinges on what the offensive line does. And if they're going to give up a lot of sacks, whether or not they're in the bottom of the league or in the mid-tier of the league of giving up sacks, then it's not going to work. Tom Brady wouldn't wouldn't be a success here. I can tell you that right now. Peyton Manning wouldn't be a success here with everything that's gone on. Free shots at the quarterback no matter what. So, I don't know how else to say it, Jet fans, but fix up this offensive line first. Worry about the quarterback later, in my opinion. You're going to lose out on... You may lose out on Derek Carr. You want to get Derek Carr here. You want to get Adam... uh, Aaron Rodgers here, but bottom line right now, with this team, go out, fix up, and address this offensive line first. Tired of having to hear the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback all the time. Shore up this offensive line. This offensive line has not been good since the days of the AFC Championship game. The back-to-back years with Mangold and DeBrick and Fanica and you know, having Damian Woody there, you know, just named you four out of five. Brandon Moore too, five out of five guys. What do I know, right? I'm just, I'm just a fan watching from the stands. Instead of having to hear about, you know, guys like Connor Hughes or, you know, or uh, you know, Rich Samini telling me about what's going on. I'm at the games. I watch just as much as they do. They're there to sell clicks. I'm here to tell you the truth. So, what do I know? Anyway, we'll move on from the Jets to the Islanders. And the Islanders, they've won... They've won two in a row. Before, you know, tomorrow's game against the LA Kings. Kings are a tough team. They're very speedy. They're... They're an aggressive team. They could put the pucks on net. Maybe we're going to see Ilya Sorokin tomorrow. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, the key here uh, is to see Ilya tomorrow. Uh, You know, you look at the way how the month of February has played out. Even we'll go back to the, uh, you know, before the break, really, 
where they won their two games in a row to head into the All-Star break. They're 7-2-2 two two right now. 7-2-2. Two two. I'll give them that. It's incredible to say the very least. They're winning games, no doubt, and they're, they're finding ways right now to win. You know, the past week. We understand what happened with Boston. Boston's a great team. They're probably going to be an all-time great after what happened with the trade today. Uh, they got Dmitry Orloff and uh, Garnett Hathaway from the Capitals in exchange for Craig Smith and draft picks. And Minnesota was involved in that deal. I think uh, the Capitals retained 60%, I want to say, of Dmitry Orloff's uh, salary right there. So an incredible trade by the Bruins to pick up uh, Orloff and to get a grinder in a Garnett Hathaway. Definitely an agitator, too, on that on that Capitals team. Now they ship up to Boston. As I take a slug of Fiji water. But as I'm watching the Islanders right now, you know, injuries are the main part of this game right now. At this point, yeah, they got back Adam Pellick. That's huge. Um, you know, you get back Kyle Palmieri, huge. But Matt Barzell goes down, the star of this team. Goes down, no doubt. And, uh, you know, this team finds ways to win games after, after the loss against Boston. You know, Pittsburgh, on the road, tough place, was there watching them. And PPG Paints Arena, with the fans going the way how they were, felt like a playoff atmosphere in there, no doubt about it. Say what you want about the arena. I thought the arena was actually underratedly nice. You know, it was actually underratedly nice the way how they, I, I guess they updated it a couple of years ago. Some fans were telling me that. Um, definitely a little bit on the boring side to, to an extent when you're walking around it. Because it's really outside of the Mario Lemieux uh, foundation where they had all the pictures with him coming together. There, there's really nothing to do in there. You know, they got the clubs, they got the seats, but they, they don't really showcase their history. You know, and on the inside, it looks mint, it looks clean. But, like, they got the one banner for Lemieux. They got the Stanley Cup champions uh, banners. They got the MVPs and the, you know, the President's Trophy banners up there. But th there should be more. I mean, the Penguins have been around since 67. I understand that before Mario Lemieux got there, they were a laughingstock in the league. And, you know, they really weren't it. And then there was a point in time in which even after Lemieux was leaving that, hey, you know they were about to they were about to leave, and they get this brand new state of the art arena. Sidney Crosby comes in, he revitalizes the team, and the and the uh, everything like that. But the the bottom line is the arena itself. It's a nice arena. It's underratedly nice, but from the perspective of they should have a little bit more. They should have a little bit more regarding uh, just the Stanley Cups that they've, they've had, and seeing everything that's gone on 
throughout the course of time with the Penguins, you're looking at them now as like a staple of what the league is. And that's because of the success of that franchise, no doubt about it. But to get back to the Islanders here, enough about the arena. To get back to the Islanders, you know, they're, they're grinding it out. They're grinding it out. You got to see the way how they they were down. They fought back to tie it. Then Pittsburgh takes the lead. And then, you know, Ilya Sorokin with an unbelievable save. He's been arguably probably the best Islander this year. You know, say what you want about Brock Nelson scoring goals. And, you know, the team not scoring and not and being boring, to quote some analysts out there. But Ilya Sorokin's been stealing the show. He has. He's been, yeah, you know, you want to... You want to say, well, he's given up seven goals in a couple games. He has his clunkers here and there. But the main thing is he's been keeping this team in these games. He's been keeping this team in a lot of their games. And vice and vice versa. You know, the Islanders, you know, you can look back at where they were against Washington. You know, against, against Buffalo, really. They had the uh, Minnesota. They had the Wild up, and they wound up blowing that lead. You know, Dallas really, almost the same thing. And it's like some of those losses at the January juncture, if they had their pieces there, definitely would have helped out. Uh, But even the uh, Ottawa game up in Ottawa, they were in. But say what you want. It is what it is. Montreal... On Saturday, they were in it. They blew that lead too. But it it works both ways, you know. It really works both ways. But for Sorokin and for Varlamov to still be here and doing this, they're just... They're just going to keep on doing it. And hockey's all about streaks. You know, right now the Islanders, they're, they're they're on a point streak right now. You know, they're past... Two games, they've gotten two points. They're past, actually, you know, one, two, three, four, five. Five out of six games, they've walked out with a point. You know, this whole month, set. you know, they're five, two, and two this month alone. Incredible. So they definitely have righted their ship, and Bo Horvat has stepped in. Phenomenal job by him coming in and just being a leader with Matt Barzell going down against against Boston. And look, bottom line too, you know, you get this Arnold Arnold uh, Durando kid coming up. He's like a cheap person, version of Anthony Beauvillier. Guy's going out there and skating hard every shift the past two games. Got to see him play in Pittsburgh first game. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You know, Hudson fashioning with a line of Sezikis and uh, and Durando out there. And then when they get Pajot back, oof, that's a line that I would want to see. You know, you keep Ar- Arnold Durando, if I'm pronouncing his name right, in this lineup. He brings speed. He he's drawn a couple penalties. 
he looks like he could be a regular in this lineup. And it's two games, and he's a late-round draft pick, but he's showing it right now. He's not running out of gas. As opposed to, let's say, you know, Kiefer Bellows when he was up here. You know, he looked, like, slow. Um, You know, Oliver Wallstrom when he was playing, you know, doesn't have the foot speed. But I would love to see what a line of Durando and... Horvat and Barzal can do. I, maybe I'm going too fast here, but the speed of that Durando kid and the way how he plays is unbelievable. The same, the same thing can be said with Fashing. You leave Fashing on that third line with uh, with Pajot and and Parise. If you know you knock down Parise, and you put Lee with. Nelson and Palmieri again, why not? You know, and you you find a way to keep Sezikis, Martin, and Holmstrom together. Why not? But this is when this Islander lineup can get healthy. But right now, you got to like what you're seeing with Matt Martin. He's playing unbelievable hockey. I've never seen this guy skate like this before. Last year, he looked like he was done. This year, totally different story. Looks like he wants to, you know, make do with himself. Uh, Ross Johnston, when he's in the game, you know, yeah, he can make a boneheaded mistake, but when he can charge up his team, he's look good. You know, being in that situation, no doubt. And then you look at other guys too. You know, Parise is like the over, the best overall skater on this team, no doubt about it. Um, forget him scoring goals, but Kyle Palmieri is wearing the A now. He looks like he could be a leader. He's taking some big hits. He's making other teams make him on notice in that sense. Other teams have to be aware of Palmieri now, you know. And then finally we look at Andrews Lee. He's scoring goals again. He's streaky. Uh, Brock Nelson underratedly staying under the radar, uh, scoring a goal and becoming a point becoming a point-per-game player uh, at this point. But I'll be honest with you right now. The Islanders right now, yeah, they've had 61 games played, and there's other teams in which they have to catch up to them. But it, you got to like the Islanders' chances to end the season. Yeah, they're going up against Calif- California road trip in March with the Kings and the Ducks on Tuesday and Wednesday in March of the 14th and the 15th. And then they go up against San Jose on that Saturday. But, you know, you look at it right now. They they have off days, you know, coming up. You know, we'll look at after this week coming up where they play the Kings, the Jets in Winnipeg. By the way, I'm going to be in Winnipeg on Sunday. Mark off 32nd Arena. That's right. All 32 arenas are off my list right after... Uh, Sunday's game. Pretty incredible right there. Uh, Then Minnesota, Detroit. So they're going to have Minnesota. They're going to have three days afterward, right? Then they got two days after the Saturday game. Then they got two days after the Washington game on Saturday. Then two games after the Anaheim game. Then two days off after the San Jose game. Then two days after the Toronto game at home. So, 
you know, you, you're looking at everything right now. They got days, they got multiple days off, whereas other teams that, that are, that have these games in hand, you know, you got to be playing back-to-backs at the end of the year. You know, that's tough for some of these teams to go out there and, and gain ground. You know, Washington just sold off today a couple of their pieces. Says a lot about them. You know, you look at what Buffalo may do at the deadline. Are they going to give up a lot of their draft capital? The same thing can be said with the Devils, who have recently, they, they haven't really looked sharp, but they find ways to win games. You know, the Rangers, you know, they've been on fire too, but they're not pulling away in any any stretch, really. And then you look at, you know, the Senators too. The Senators have to go and play a lot of back-to-backs, and the Red Wings have to play back-to-backs too. So the Islanders right now, to me, they're sitting pretty if they keep on winning these games. They don't have to worry about these other teams in hand that have the four games. But... Again, it's the Islanders, so, you know, we'll see. Sabres right now tied up at five with the Lightning. Uh, the Ducks right now, seven minutes and 20 seconds left to go here uh, in their game. They're up three to two against Washington. The Oilers, man, the Penguins are getting demolished right now. Seven to two to the Oilers. Unbelievable what's going on up there. The Kings and the Devils, they're tied up in overtime. Uh, the only importance here is the fact that the Kings are where they are uh, coming into UBS tomorrow against the Islanders. And then you got the Red Wings and the Rangers. Red Wings, they looks like they're winning right now 4-1 to one in the third period. And then all the other, all these other games are like not, not really of note going in. But, you know, you take it for what it is, man. You know, if the Islanders, they win tonight... Uh, tomorrow, and the Rangers lose, you could be talking about maybe, maybe finding a way, you know, to to go out there and steal a couple of games here from here on out. The Sabers then they have to play a back to back against Florida down in Florida tomorrow. You know, Montreal and Philadelphia, eh. Carolina versus Ottawa, that's got some implications right there, and then you got Colorado against Winnipeg. Again, the Islanders, they play up against Winnipeg on Sunday. So, you know, it's really, really important to say the very least what uh, the Islanders can do and what these teams can do tonight. Anyway, enough about that. Very important games from here on out. And, yeah, let's, uh, let's hope for some playoff hockey at UBS Arena towards the end of the year. All right, guys, I'm going to get going. Enjoy the rest of your day here. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hopefully on Monday we'll have a podcast episode coming out for you. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out. Stay safe.